Hi, Dan here. LinkedIn is arguably the most powerful social platform to drive B2B leads and sales, a place where your ideal decision makers hang out ready to do business. In today's episode, I'll show you some of the less well-known LinkedIn strategies, including an insight into the power of LinkedIn's hidden newsletter feature. And it takes about 10 minutes to repurpose it just to make sure it fits and everything. We're now reaching a much larger audience of, of people on my LinkedIn that we weren't reaching before through doing it via email. So get ready to maximize your potential on LinkedIn and start generating high value leads for your business. This is episode 99 of the Business Anchors podcast. We're just a couple of business anchors. Welcome to the Business Anchors podcast. This jingle is slightly too long. This jingle is slightly too long. Dan, what underrated LinkedIn strategies can B2B businesses use to drive new business? Very well read, Lloyd. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was just wondering. <laughs> oh, are we recording the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what. As thought, we're here. Yeah, yeah, okay. I know we're recording the podcast. Should we just talk through it? And have okay. a discussion about... I thought it was weird, the mics and the lights and everything. Yeah. Right. Funny yeah, that. yeah. We may as well then, because okay. this could be a good episode as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Please, please tell me about so, underrated LinkedIn strategies. So just to give context for this episode, mm. um, I spend most of my life on LinkedIn. Yeah, it's sad. And uh, for our marketing agency, we're probably generating 60 to 70% of our revenue through LinkedIn. Which isn't sad which isn't sad. And after doing this for six or seven years now, there's some really clever approaches we've learned to generating B2B business leads that turn into lots of revenue. Way. And I thought, um, I want to talk about some of the more like underrated, not underrated or like less known ones. Cause mm-hmm. there's some really, there's lots of LinkedIn trainers and people that talk about the say, you know, create great content, but that's not, that interesting to you business anchors so So less of the obvious stuff that if you just googled how to use linkedin well yeah more of the things that we've found out over the years and also recently there's been some quite cool updates to linkedin and new features and stuff that we've been testing and have found work really well so i want to share some of those things So last week we were talking about tiktok this week linkedin bit of a different vibe yeah I mean, we should have probably worn suits and stuff to be a bit more formal, yeah. Lloyd, shouldn't we? Yeah, that's what you have to do on LinkedIn, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's get changed. So, shall I go in it? Do you want to do your radio voice? Because I've got five, five different things You've to share. You've got five. Do you want to... Okay. For each one. Okay, so now we're going to listen to the five underrated B2B business strategies to drive new business. And uh, in at number five, he's up to, and it is... Create a newsletter on LinkedIn. Great. Who sings that one? <laughs> uh, so no one sings it. Okay. But um, this sounds really boring, okay? But this isn't boring. This is really good. So a LinkedIn newsletter is um, basically a LinkedIn article with the added benefit of notifying everyone who's subscribed every time it goes live. Do you do this from a business page on LinkedIn? So, Ooh, good question. Okay, thank you. Um, it used to be that you could only do this from your personal profile on LinkedIn. They recently added this feature to business profiles. Mm -hmm. Um, Personally, I've been testing it through my personal LinkedIn profile because that's where we have our largest audience. But in terms of you listeners, if you want to test this, I'd recommend starting using this feature on where uh, either on your business or personal profile, but wherever you have the largest audience. And the reason for that is because when you create your first LinkedIn newsletter, 
every single one of your connections or people that follow your business page get a notification asking if they want to subscribe to your newsletter. Like it's quite rare to have the ability to notify every single person that you're connected with or that follows your business page. It's it's almost as if that is kind of like overpowered within the platform. There's, I can't think of another way that you can get everyone connected to no. the profile to get a notification, basically to remind them of you. Go sign up to this thing where we want to communicate with you. But you need to be careful because if you start making a newsletter every day and posting one every day, and mm. well, some people do this, but you need to think about your subscribers and your connections and, and not annoy them basically. Because I know us marketers, as Gary Vee says, ruin everything. So you don't want to just end up like notifying them constantly like, oh, a new one. But it's a similar thing, isn't it? To when we say, when people say, how long should our videos be on social? And we say, as long as they are going to be good. It's like, how often should I do a newsletter on LinkedIn? It's like, do do one an hour if every hour they're going to be brilliant and everyone's going to want to read it. Exactly. But obviously the likelihood of that isn't going to be great so if you do a daily one or every couple of days it's got to be really good quality and stuff that people want to be reading exactly and if you currently send an email newsletter because this is what we've done for those kind of loyal anchors listeners you'll know that we've got something called the friday club and the friday club is where every friday i write and send an email to all our subscribers that shares the best content that we've created and discovered and news and apps and tools and new feature updates um, every single Friday. So what what I've started testing about a month ago is using LinkedIn's newsletter feature to, to copy that content over to the LinkedIn platform. And it takes about 10 minutes to repurpose it just to make sure it fits and everything. And then send that. And we're now reaching a much larger audience of, of people on my LinkedIn that we weren't reaching before through doing it via email. Mm-hmm. Now, one... Th- thing that some people have said is, oh, aren't you cannibalizing your email subscribers by sharing on LinkedIn as well? Like I thought the objective was to share it through email, but I found that our open rates and click-through rates haven't actually dropped via email since doing it on LinkedIn. And I'm going to, I'm keeping reviewing this. I'm not just Mm. like that could happen, but currently it hasn't. That's really good to know actually, because that's something I would have been one of those probably did say to you oh isn't that cannibalizing but it's good to hear from someone that has done it and it hasn't i think it's really good to get that insight for someone who's thinking of starting but it could happen so Mm -hmm. i don't i'm not saying it might so yeah yeah, if you're going to use the linkedin newsletter feature just keep monitoring for legal reasons this is not a recommendation exactly and the final thing on this is um there's a guy called john asperian who talks a lot about linkedin and he's He's um, got a really great newsletter. He writes lots of great blogs and he's written a, bl- a very detailed blog about LinkedIn newsletters. So go to his website, esperian.co.uk. So E-S-P-I-R-I-A-N.co.uk. And he's got a blog specifically on there talking way more detail than we want to share in this podcast. But go and look at that if you want more info. Nice. So Lloyd, that was number in at number five. A new entry in at number four. We have proactive engagement. Oh, sounds like a punk band. God, this, this feels like this is so boring when you put your exciting radio voice and I say proactive engagement. <laughs> well, you don't need to tell the listeners each time it's boring. No, no, okay, no, 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 no. This is exciting yeah, for me. Yeah, so, yeah, good. good. Um, Glad one, of the, one of the most... Shut up, Lloyd. One of the most common... <laughs> I'm joking. <gasps> kind of. What? what <laughs> 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 Sorry, Lloyd. I'm not, um, one of the most common questions... 
uh, I get when people are like starting to create content on social media and trying to drive business through social media is how do I get engagement on my content? We all know that we want to, to, to convince someone to become a customer. You first need to get their attention. You then need to convince them that you're good at what they do. And then you also need to try and engage them in some way so that you can start to build a relationship mm. and build trust with them to buy your products or service. And my answer when anyone says, how can I drive engagement on social media, especially LinkedIn, mm. is to actually proactively engage yourself. So you start finding the people who you want to work with on LinkedIn and adding meaningful comments to their content so that you're starting to pop up in their feed and they start to think, oh, Lloyd, Lloyd keeps adding some interesting points to my posts. Who's Lloyd? Let me click on his profile. Oh, Lloyd's the CEO at Knowlton. He's got a really well-optimized profile that's showing all the great work he does. Yeah. Oh, let's click on their website. Oh, they've got some amazing case studies. They've recently done a project with Peaky Blinders and Wall and they've done lots of great stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's the kind of journey that people go on. That's, it is interesting actually saying that journey because then you think, yeah, this makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, I Interestingly... I know people may or may not know, I'm quite, considering we run an agency that's so uh, linked with social media, I personally don't post much on social media or engage much, mm. um, unlike Dan and unlike the rest of our team. And uh, yeah, mm. um, But I uh, there was one post by the CMO of Pepsi, mm -hmm. and I recently, I found it interesting, Ooh. so I commented and... Um, Oh, this sounds simple, but he liked my comment or the, per <laughs> the person running his page liked my comment. And I, I did kind of have that light bulb moment. Obviously, like, you, you speak about this all the time. Mm. But I was like, that was so simple to potentially get if the attention or get in front of mm. a massive decision maker that could potentially sign off yeah. millions and millions of pounds mm. of budget to spend with you. And I know, obviously, it takes much more. I'm not like, oh, he likes my comment. He's probably there just telling his wife about Lloyd Nelson and how he wants to work with him. Obviously, it would take much more than that, yeah. especially with someone in a massive brand like that. But it just gave me a little sign of, oh, yeah, that completely makes sense. Proactively engaging the first time you can get on their radar mm. and keep building that. Yeah. That could work. Another a funny thing that I've noticed happening, because lots of, well, not lots of people, but the, there's some people that really know this strategy well and yeah. really kind of overdo it sometimes. So you have to be careful. There's a number of um, people, and I look at the description on LinkedIn, are like, uh, marketing agency owner coaches. And like, obviously, hmm. we're the ideal target market for yeah. that. And they always comment on my stuff. <laughs> like, so good. <laughs> yeah. You also kind of, I think it, you can see sometimes that they're commenting for the sake of commenting. Yeah. There's not much substance no, to no. it. It's just, oh, really enjoyed this. <laughs> Looks like you're having a great time. Yeah, yeah good. Remember me? This is a really good point, actually. When you're adding these proactive comments, you need to make sure they're meaningful and they add something to the conversation. Don't mm. just do the what Lloyd said, like, this is good. I like this mm. because it's clearly, you can see that that's just someone doing it to get your yeah. attention. Down one at number three. Make content that doesn't look like it's made for LinkedIn. So who knows the, this isn't Facebook brigade. Have you, have you yeah. heard of those? Yeah, I think it's dying down slightly, but yeah, well, the, it's, the classic LinkedIn is that if you put anything that isn't, 
I made a great spreadsheet today. Yeah. Then they're like, oh, this this isn't Facebook, you know. And this is because people don't like change in general. Mm. And if you look at the history of LinkedIn, LinkedIn started basically as a place where you have an online CV. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're trying to get a job, you upload your CV or your profile, your CV, and it's um, quite passive, and people just find you, and you can. Then people that don't like change, okay? no one can see my online CV because you're getting all the attention. Exactly, putting stuff out there showing personality and creativity. Exactly, you're a horrible person. So the next the next stage from it just being a place when you where you post your C well you upload your CV, mm-hmm. it then became a place where you could actually post content, and there was. Uh, a feed mm-hmm. like Facebook that shows that content to um, uh, people on LinkedIn and had an algorithm to show certain people depending on how well the post was engaged with. And when it first, that when that first came out, people were treating it like a very formal platform yeah. because it was a very formal, here's my CV. People would be, you know, here's an educational mm post that's going to teach you something not necessarily somewhere where you'd upload entertaining funny content yeah the next stage from that was people actually posting funny entertaining content that looks like the kind of content on facebook now from our experience content that doesn't look like your traditional boring linkedin content works much better Mm -hmm. than traditional boring linkedin content at generating and attracting new business because that's literally how we've grown our agency through doing that. Um, and there's a saying, I can't remember who said this, but when others zig, you should zag. Have you heard that? And that yeah. sounds History cheesy. leaves clues. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh no, that was from last week. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yes, cheesy, but makes sense. <laughs> and uh, just just to say as well um, about this different looking content on LinkedIn, we've recently worked with, with a B2B client um, selling safety equipment. So it's, it's so yeah, this, it sounds boring. They're lovely people, lovely business. Um, but it's not exactly the most exciting thing. Mm. And um, we kind of pitched them the type of content we wanted to create to get them sales of their safety equipment. And um, they were kind of a bit um, unsure because we were saying to do this stuff that's really out there, this weird entertaining stuff that doesn't look like your typical LinkedIn. So you should buy my safety content yeah. because of this. And we've done it and we're running a campaign now and it is performing better than the kind of informative content that we created. Mm-hmm. Um, and within uh, within 24 hours of the content going live to kind of convert customers through the funnel, we were getting leads from multinational Huge corporations companies. that could be worth thousands and thousands for those businesses through this type of content. So just wanted to let you know that this isn't us just saying this fluffy stuff of you yeah. should do this. Like we see mm. the pounds coming in <laughs> to our clients from doing this stuff mm. and how it's so effective. So we've got, you know, the data and the proof to back up this yeah. rather than just like, we think it's what you should do. And if you're a B2B business and you're looking to drive new leads that convert into sales, I want to hear more about that case study. Let me know because I can set up a call and we can have a chat and I can show you the numbers that show it's a really good investment. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Dan didn't tell me to say that, <laughs> yeah. but it has worked out quite well. Yeah. Same position as last week in at number two. Add a link to the top of your profile. This sounds really basic, but recently there's um, been an update on LinkedIn, where on your personal profile, you can add a link that's directly at the top of your profile. And also you can choose the text that people click on to click on that link, like the anchor text. Mm. So for example, the way we use this 
for my profile is at the top of my profile, there's a, a, a clickable link that says something like, see our award-winning work, okay? And since doing this, we've noticed a real uplift in the traffic from LinkedIn going to the case studies on our website. Nice. Now, uh, it's not like thousands and thousands of people, but the value of someone looking at the work we've delivered is really, really powerful compared to maybe watching an entertaining video that we've created that's not to do with our work. It's hugely valuable for us, for key decision makers who we could potentially work with to see the great work we've done and the results mm. it's achieved. And it's such a simple thing that you can do. So definitely, yeah. And Dan previously mentioned that journey that people go through of, oh, you might have proactively engaged with someone's content and then they might look at your profile or your page and then, um, and then they might go to your website. Like anywhere where you can make it easier for them to go through this process of getting to the end of that journey and working with you is such a great tool. So it might be that before having that link on your profile, there might have been 20% of people that aren't going to bother to Google your name or Google your business. And that's the end of their journey. And then they'll, they forget about you in the next week. Whereas if at that point they click that link, they're on your website looking at case studies and then they go, oh, hang on. Like that's exactly what my boss was asking me to mm. find someone to do. And this company's really good at. Then they get in contact. Then they're a customer. Mm. I think if you can you can stop any of those points within that journey where they might not have taken the next step. And this is one of those. And you've reminded me of a really good point that you shared in a previous podcast. Mm. I can't remember exactly how you, you may reword the ecosystem. This. The ecosystem. Yes, mm. Lloyd. We're so the alive. The ecosystem around your content. This is what you need. <laughs> you need that link and you need to show the brilliant work. It can't just be yeah. one good video that you do. And then you think everyone's going to work yeah. with you. So Lloyd, Lloyd's point in that episode was that, um, like there's no one silver bullet strategy to post this thing and you'll get loads of business. You need to build an ecosystem around that that's giving that potential customer all the information they need to know that you're the best solution to their problem. And an example of that is having the case studies on your website and the link yeah. that they can easily click to that. So yeah, that's a good point. So in me. case you're thinking, I don't add any value to these episodes, <laughs> sometimes I do, okay? <laughs> right. And at number one, use... <laughs> Knowlton's LinkedIn. What? So I just this, this seems very jarring that we're talking completely normally, and I just shout about the position of these. But anyway, sorry. Number one. To be honest, just going off topic a little mm. bit. I people do. It seems like people enjoy your weird like input to some of these episodes. Like some of the feedback I get on comments mm. and stuff because I'm looking at all kind of I like think your weirdness. I attract like-minded weird people. <laughs> yeah. That, which I is mean, strange. there's loads of people that absolutely hate yes, you, but they yes. don't say to them. Yeah, yeah. And I apologize for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can just skip these. Five seconds from now, if you skip five seconds forward, Dan will be saying something good. Okay. Two, three, but not, not now. Four, <laughs> five. So in at number one is the LinkedIn video outreach strategy that we've spoken about before. So this is a really big action that you should all take. If you haven't listened to it already, episode 85 of Business Anchors that was called the LinkedIn outreach video that made 50K this week, go and listen to that episode because we really talk in detail about the LinkedIn outreach strategy we're currently using to drive shitloads of business. Um, and it involves... Uh, each week looking at people who are in your target market on LinkedIn that are showing signs that they're interested in working with you and then sending them a personalized video to set up a call to then talk to them about how you can help them. There's lots more detail around that and we really unpack that in episode 85. We'll go through it step by step, don't we? So if you yeah. are wanting to take 
positive steps on LinkedIn. Listen to that and you can make notes of every step in that journey. Yeah. And then... Oh, uh, sorry. I've realized we got to number one. There's nothing past no, that. No, no, that's it. Dude. That, that's I just, it. My brain just said, and then, <laughs> um, which is a strange way to try and continue yeah. a conversation. Have you enjoyed this episode, Lloyd? And then I have. Yes. Good. Yes. I, yeah, I've had a really good time, Dan. And I've, I actually, um, I was a bit concerned this one might be a bit try about LinkedIn and stuff, but um, I think I've learned quite a lot there as well. Good. Um, and I think our anchors will really enjoy it. Excellent. Even if they have to skip past the bits where I talk. Good. They won't be listening now. And if you have, they is there any <laughs> point doing an, an outro in it? Is anyone, if you're listening, anyone still? Yeah. If you enjoy these episodes, please do tell other people at Business Anchors and post about it and stuff so that we can reach more people and more people can listen to Lloyd's weirdness. Yeah. And we can, I mean, if you're watching on video, that means we can invest more in things like the suit of armor that's behind Dan on the set at the moment. <laughs> so that'd be really money well spent if we get more listeners. That'll be really money well spent. <laughs> and then see you in your ears next see week. See you in your ears next week. <laughs>